Good morning. It's a joy that I can be with you in this God's Word for Today devotional episode this morning. And we will continue our devotional in the book of Psalms. And we are now in Psalm chapter 33. And Psalm 33, 33 is a reiteration of Psalm 32. It's a continuation. Many believe that this is a continuation of the chapter 32, which ended up with an encouragement from David to shout for joy and be glad because of the blessings that we have been forgiven by God. And even here in Psalm 33, he enjoined us to continue praising the Lord for reasons that he is worthy of our worship and thanksgiving. So let me read this whole chapter, Psalm 33, verses 1 to 22. Shout for joy in the Lord, O your righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a hip. He puts the dips in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the, the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of men. From where he sits in throne, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Shout for joy in the Lord a call to worship the Lord here. And this is very befitting for the righteous to do. The giving of thanks through singing, especially singing a new song unto him, was an appropriate response and um, a thing to do for, for the righteous. And what are the reasons behind? Why? Why is, this, is that we are called to Shout for joy and give thanks unto the Lord by singing with a new song. In verse 4 to 5, the psalmist mentioned about the attributes that are too evident to ignore. These attributes of God are evident that the psalmist declares here, for the word the Lord is upright. The Lord is upright. He is the source of truth and he is faithful. All his work is done in faithfulness. Nothing that happened to you and to me that is not a reflection 
to his faithfulness to us. He loves righteousness and justice. Usually in the Bible, righteousness and justice are pairs that we can see. That's how God declares himself, that he's righteous. That's why he's just. And the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. And has been, as we learned this in the past few days, and in this book of Psalm, we learned that this is the loving kindness of God, that chesed, that God is loyal and faithful and steadfast in his love towards us. Moreover, in verse 6 to 9, the psalmist mentioned about the sovereign power in creating the world through his word. He said in verse 6, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Now, there's nothing that you can do and anyone can do here in this world without a raw material. Nothing or nobody can create something without a raw material. But when God created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing. In the beginning, he created the world from nothing. Ex nihilo. It means that God just declared that there will be light and there was light. That there will be water and there was water. That there will be land and so on and so forth. Through his word, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. So he described here that the waters are bounded like a heap and they are stored in deep house, storehouses and a picture of how God is in control over the creation of the world. And it's just befitting for everyone to fear the Lord, that everyone would stand in awe of God. God spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The word of the Lord is powerful. The sovereign power of God is shown through his declarations, through his voice. Moreover, the plans and purposes of God are immutable. This is one of the reasons why we should be worshiping God. We should be glad. We should sing unto God because his plans and purposes are immutable, unchangeable. He will bring the counsel of the nations to nothing. You know, the nations around us seems that seem that they think that they can do what they want to do. They seem to pretend and to behave that they have all the power, they have the absolute power, but no. The Bible tells us that the Lord can bring to naught all their plans and intentions. He will prostrate the plans of the people. Many will say, I will do this and that, but it's God who can make it to happen. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. His plans will happen. And his, as, he, as he said here in verse 11, the plans of his heart to all generations. Whatever God has decreed, it will be fulfilled. God said it and it will happen because his plans and purposes are immutable or unchangeable. Moreover, his sovereign knowledge to man's heart and intentions, he declared, or the psalmist declared here that God is sovereign in his knowledge. He is omniscient. God knows all things. The Lord looks down from heaven, according to verse 13 here, and he sees all the children of men, and he knows the heart of every person. And Jesus Christ, is God who, who 
who knows the heart of men also, according to John chapter 2, verse 24. He knows every, every person. God knows every person, and even Christ knows every person. And nobody is out of the sight of God. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. You see, when the wicked and maybe you are in your office right now, in your workplaces right now, and people are doing something that they believe that nobody sees, that they can continue the wickedness and whatever they do, and it seems to them that they can do it because nobody's watching. No, there's somebody who knows. The Lord who fashions the heart of them all has observed all their deeds. Also, he's preserving power towards his own people. The king is not saved by his great army. That's the promise of God, that the power of the kingdom of Israel is not on the king and his army, but it's on the Lord. A warrior, he said here, is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. Today, maybe the war horse could, could mean the military power, the military armaments that a nation will build up in order to protect himself or the, the, the nation. Um, but it's a false hope for salvation. By its great might, according to the psalmist here, it cannot rescue. But the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. And the Bible tells us that we are the apple of God's eyes. The nation of Israel is the apple of God's eyes. And everyone who belongs to him, belongs to him not by virtue of his doing and his achievements or, or anything that God can get, but by virtue of his choosing, his love. He chose Israel not because they were strong and they were mighty, but they were one of the smallest nations in the world. They didn't deserve it, but he called them, you are the apple of God's eyes. And you see, the eyes of the Lord are on those who belong to him, who fear in his name, who hope in his steadfast love. So he is the one who will deliver us from danger, from death, and keep us alive, even in the midst of lack or famine. Who is our security? Who is your security today? Is, is it your job? Is it your resources? The psalmist said here that the war horse is a false hope for salvation. Anything that we depend in this world is not really the absolute security that we can depend upon. Our absolute security and protection is God himself. Now, upon knowing all this, the attributes of God, his power to his word, his omniscience, his care, his protection, his knowledge to the intentions of man, his counsel that will not change. Upon knowing all this, that God really is our help and strength, our shield, what will be our resolve? Our resolve is to wait upon him, whatever the circumstances is. Is that not our resolve? 
it should be that we should have to wait upon God. You know, waiting is the evidence of our faith or trust that we have believed that God is in control. We are calm and composed. And this is the evidence that we are we are really believing or we believe that our God really is a sovereign God. So if God is in control in your life right now, we must be calm and composed. You must be calm and composed. You must be, in a sense, controlled in your life. You will not manipulate. You will not hold and, and, and carry on with what you think would be best for what you can do in your situation right now because you trust that the Lord is in control. We, we don't need to panic. And may God forgive us that many times we, we know in our minds that God is in control. We know in our minds, theoretically, that God is powerful, that he knows what's happening. But the way we act, the way we decide, sometimes contradict on what we believed. So we pray that today, as we look into this chapter, as we read all these reasons why the psalmist encourages us to shout for joy, to be glad in the Lord, which is befitting for those who are righteous, that we will sing a new song. Let it be that this will be real in your life. Today, as we go to our offices, as we go to our respective workplaces, how can this truth be, be, be applied? Well, I know that it's not possible without the help of the Holy Spirit that we'll be able to apply this. But we trust that He will give us really the peace that passes all understanding, the calmness and the joy in our hearts despite of the circumstances that we are in right now because we know our God is in control. Vain is to trust in horses. Vain is to trust men. But we have to hope in the steadfast love of the Lord. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that this morning, once again, you have uh, encouraged us through your word to shout for joy, to be glad, which is befitting for us as your children. Not because everything seems okay around us, there might be some challenges in our work, in our relationships, in our homes. But we believe in you, Lord, that you're real, that you're always in control. Although the circumstances might be hard at present, but we know that your word is true, that, you're, that, you, that your word is powerful. Lord, we thank you that you have seen everything. Our hearts, the counsel or the plans of men, you have seen everything and you know everything. There is nothing hidden. And we need not to manipulate. We need not to take things on our hands. But we can just trust you, Lord, and believe that as we obey you, you continue to um, do what you have for us to 
fulfill your will in our lives, Lord, even today. Thank you for these words. Thank you for your encouragement this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.